Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to an audio experience brought to you by Muslims on the Move, a program of Advanced Platform Committee. Once again, we want to engage with you through this podcast and hope it benefits you. So take a listen to this week's episode and let us know what you think. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. To the listening public, you are now listening to another episode of Muslim, an audio experience. Uh, my name is Kabir, um, with my co-host, Fatima, Amina, and Abdurrahman. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. <laughs> that was a little low. Like, <laughs> well, it's good to start it, man. We got some big things to talk about. We, you know, we uh, have a lot going on in this in this country right now, in this world. So I uh, just want to go ahead, Kabir, go ahead and introduce what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, let's get this started, man. Uh, of course. Uh, so today, this week, you know, we really wanted to sit and, you know, we hope in the future to have a lot of conversations about um, a lot of different things, you know, in elections coming up, we care a lot about that. Um, and, you know, just things that go on in our lives and hopefully some of yours, you know, so that y'all relate. But before we get into any of that, um, you know, since this is for Muslims on the move, um, you know, we wanted to start uh, with Islam and not just any part of Islam. Uh, we wanted to start with really asking the question, um, why, why are we Muslim in the first place? Like, what, what, is the, what is the point? What is our objective you know, as Muslims? And disclaimer, uh, I got to say this at the outset before we say any more, you know, none of us are scholars. Um, we do not have formal study. Uh, none of the opinions uh, that are, you know, in the course of this podcast um, are anything more opinions. Um, those are all they are. Um, our opinions, our experiences, um, maybe certain things we've gone through, but these are not um, scholarly opinions by any means. And now that that's out of the way, right, right, um, right. Let's get to talking. Let's get to talking. Absolutely. Not to say we don't have any credit though. We got we <laughs> right, got a talented right. group at the same right, right. time. So, absolutely. We got to cover our bases. Certainly. <laughs> so I know when we got together, one of the things we we talked about was. Uh, as a as a starting question is you know why do we even choose this episode to start with to start with asking ourselves why are we muslim in the first place i think that's that's a really good question and it, it kind of really just goes back to religion too because for me one of the 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 founding uh things i base my uh faith on is intention mm-hmm. and if we don't sit down and find out what our intentions are and what they mean it's like what's the point you're just building blocks or or bricks on air and not an actual foundation so i think um that kind of answers your question but um we can keep it going we can keep it going absolutely i have to agree with you because um um as kabir even said in the beginning we are muslims and like our intention, like Amina was talking about, and as Muslims, we know, like, the first thing we have to do, or, like, all our actions are recorded based on our intentions. Mm -hmm. So, this is just, like, setting the tone for what our podcast is going to be about. Certainly. Absolutely. And I think it, 
it, it even goes into right the title uh, uh and the title of this podcast is Muslims on the Move, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, we could have definitely easily made this average Joe's on the move or you know whatever it is, but the the core of what the lens in which we see life through is so impacted by Islam, our faith and our religion that it, it almost only seem right to start with, you know, why are we on the move but with a very with a very important word in front of that, why are we Muslims on the move? Mm-hmm. Um and, and to even start that off, I I'll, I'll kind of, you know, dive in and tell a little personal you know story as far as how I came about or how I chose to be Muslim. Alhamdulillah, I was, you know, born into Islam. So I got a good lens and education um, and understanding of the fundamentals of Islam uh, as a child. But everyone gets to this point in life, right, where we go, you know, do we continue on the path that our parents kind of showed us? Mm-hmm. Do we understand that? Or do we, you know, or do we do we find our own path? And fortunately, fortunately for me, I went to a Christian university. So there's no better way of being like faced with uh, at, at adolescence or, you know, at that age of being faced with, you know, why do you choose to be Muslim? Funny enough, I was the only Muslim in my university. Um, so that made it also more challenging. Mm-hmm. But what I was able to learn was the fundamentals and the principles that I was looking for that, that guided my life was one similar to, you know, similar to Christianity. So I was able to kind of stay focused on my dean. But more importantly, what I learned was the educational aspect or maybe more the scientific aspect of Islam, where when I was learning about ethics, I was able to go back and say, hmm, what does Islam say about this? And what I was really impressed with is in all of the different religions that I would kind of compare and look at, you know, philosophy, theology, the, the thing that I was most impressed with Islam with is it had the largest collection of modern education. Right. Um, And Islam continues to talk about that, where we believe in other books, we believe in other principles. But at the same time, there's a lot of clarifications that made a lot of sense to me. So made it easy for me to take this, you know, take the baton from my parents and say, this is what I want to do in my life. I. I have a a, a different experience. (laughs) I alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm, I'm also a born Muslim, but I also feel like it's been thrown at me. Um, in ways where I, I didn't get a chance to understand. I just thought it was what I was supposed to do, you know? And I feel like that mm. can be hard at times because when you're doing things because you know you have to, there's no real faith in it, you know? And it goes back to intention. It goes back to building bricks on air. It's like when you step down and really look at all the education you've learned, how, how have you used it in your life? You know what I'm saying? There's, there's no point in learning if you don't, experience things and use them you know so for me like I I even went to a Muslim school for like a whole year and Mm. in in that time I I you know I'm not to talk down but I was kind of like the only black person there most people were Arab oh I'm so sorry I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) no me too especially in New York in New York I've heard I've heard horrible things I'm not even gonna lie to you yeah, it 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 was. It, I ain't gonna lie, it was a tough experience. But you know, I also met, um, a, you know, a few good people there who reminded me that Islam is truly a beautiful religion. But you know, there's also, you know, we're in high school. There's kids, and and they have a cultural, you know, <laughs> ideology on the world, and in that there's a bit of racism, 
And I feel as though I went through that way more than actually learning Islam. Like I went to a Muslim school and I didn't choose to, I was forced to go. But I think their main uh, point in bringing me to that school was to gain a better understanding of the religion. And I felt like I was drawn apart from it. So it's, mm. I think it's very important to, to gain that sense of independence in learning your religion. It's, it's hard at first, but when you, when you do it, it's like a whole new beginning. Like, you start to read Fatia with like, mm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> things you, things you never Absolutely. thought about before, you just start to think. And it's like, yo, I've never experienced this type of love for the ayahs in the Quran. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's just my that's experience cool. as well. How ironic, right? Mm. I went to a Christian university and grew closer to Islam. You went to an Islamic university and, you know, it almost kind of pulled you away. Right. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mine is kind of like um, similar to Amina's, but different because I, for me personally, I've like all of, I mean, I'm not going to say like all of this, but like the, most of y'all that talked, I grew up in a Muslim family and my parents were ultra conservative, mm. like Islam, mm. like super conservative. They didn't, a lot of things that, like, everyone would do, my parents would, like, believe, like, oh, no, that's haram, and, like, you can't do this, you can't do that, until today, sometimes, I gotta, like, you know, tell them to calm down, but I feel like I didn't grow closer to, you know, I didn't really, um, I feel like, have that relationship until I went to Arabic school, and I started memorizing the Quran, Mm -hmm. and learning about, like, the religion from, like, the source, right, when you remove culture away from it, and you remove, like, because when you're younger, we learn it a lot of a lot of it through like the Nigerian culture lens. <laughs> and then when you go to like, because I've also been to like Pakistani and like Desi um, schools where everything was taught through like a Desi lens, and they'll like tell you like, oh, this is haram, that's haram, and it's like, wait, what? Mm. Like in my the way I was taught was different. And then when you go to Arabs, it's like, oh no, that's not right. It's this way. Wait, so they don't huh? teach Ali Batasa everywhere, no. Yeah, we teach <laughs> but even the way they even the way they teach it is different right. from each person. Like when you go to like Daisy's, the way they even pronounce and the way they say Absolutely. like oh they don't say fathead, they'll say like oh zabar, bash, something, huh. something like the way they even teach the Quran is different from school to school. Mm. But it was uh. going through going to like a neutral school that was like very diverse, like having a diverse environment where there's a little bit of everyone, so everyone knows like okay, you can't bring your culture into it. If there's nothing that's like um, based on like Sunnah and Quran, then we know that's not right, right? So it was going to like classes like that and like learning about the Dean from like a very objective um, source that drew me closer because I'm like, this has to be the truth. There's no way <laughs> this is not the truth, and that for me was an eye-opening experience, and that's how I became closer, and that's how I was able to choose the religion for myself. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. You know what did it for me? Um, so I've always found myself to be uh, almost to a fault, like pretty selfish, right? Like I do things, I do, you know, even things that I do that are good, I really do them for reward, right? And so I've always looked at that as like a selfish reason, right? Like to do things for a reward from, from Allah. And I learned about uh, I, I learned about egoism in an ethics course, right? Where this is just a, a philosopher, Henry Sidwick, who who just pretty much has the idea that everyone does some, something for their own personal gain. And when I looked at different religions, all these different religions, Judaism, Christianity, it looked down upon that thought. And, you know, I wanted to look a little bit more as to what does this Islam feel about this, right? Like I'm feeling bad about this thought or this feeling that everything that I do is for myself personally. And I, learned, and I, I read a lot that 
supported this theory, right? That Allah is self-sufficient. So all of our prayers, all of the things that we do, our, our deeds, all of these things are to save ourselves. And that resonated with me. I was like, okay, so so I'm a, I can be an okay person and be selfish at the same time, you know, and there was room mm. for that in Islam. And that's what kind of, that was to me the, the turning point for me. That's, that's an interesting um, topic because cause I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's selfish to look for reward within people. But when you do things because you know it will make Allah smile, it will, you know, give you a higher stance in, in, in you know, in his uh, rewarding book. It's like, it's no longer self. It's just like, I got to do what I got to do to make it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like I've learned that. And then also it's like it builds faith because Allah has... We all know 99 names. And throughout those names, he's the most merciful. He's the most just. And you know that whatever you're doing is being, you know, how do I say this? Is being not only tested, but seen by him. And to have all these attributes, he's like, you, he knows what's in your heart. And he knows, like, the things you should be given as, what? you know, as a reward for that. Man, you bring up, you bring up an excellent point, right? So you mentioned that, like, that that Allah knows all and you know there's there's so much in our faith that you know relies on the unseen talk talk to me about how do we manage you know really living and acknowledging the unseen and having faith in 2020 there's there's enough distractions out here but I think I can speak to that a little bit I think it's very much sort of in in the same vein of you know what Abdurrahman's mentioning um you know I think you know like when I think about my motivations for being Muslim, you know, for for lack of a better term, stick through it um, when, you know, things are getting difficult, it does sort of link back to, you know, it's a variety of things. Um, it's the unseen. Um, it's thinking about, you know, the idea of a day of judgment. You know, I'll be judged for what I do in this life, whether or not I stick to, you know, my principles. And with that, you know, comes heaven or hell that's a pretty strong motivator and you know we could call it you know selfish or whatever but different people have different motivations and you know even if you know i'm not too familiar with with maybe judeo-christian sort of theology or philosophy so maybe they look down on that but it sort of seems natural you know to have this idea that you know certain people are going to be motivated by you know doing things intrinsically for the sake of a law and that's you know best thing but a lot of people are just going to be motivated by, you know, um, the fear of burning in hell. Uh, and that mm-hmm. it varies from time to time, right? Like, some days you might just be like, oh, yes, I really, really, you might feel connected. And some days you might not be like that, you know, um, you know, Iman increases and decreases, it, it fluctuates. And I've definitely felt that in, in my life, you know, my experience um, was, I think, I don't know, maybe of all of yours you know i didn't really grow up in a nigerian community like that a lot of the communities that i've grown up in in terms of their muslim population has been really diverse especially when i was younger um and i think there was a lot that you know even going to sunday school you know learning about the sirah um learning quran uh there was a lot that i didn't get exposed to in terms of really being able to understand the nature of god and what it means to obey god um and 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 what that and the importance of that. I just really, you know, associated being Muslim with a lot of my friends and even just adults that I respected. And that just sort of carried mm-hmm. on. 
But I think as I got older and I went to different Sunday schools, uh, you know, I've, I've lived in predominantly Daisy communities, predominantly Arab communities. Uh, and I think this is one of the things, and, you know, I've heard, um, you know, some of my teachers talk about it too, like almost like this problem with Sunday school where things aren't, like where certain things are just told to you and there's not really a lot of understanding. Mm -hmm. um, so like the idea of doing things to please God, like even like the question of like, what, why, why, like, and you might think it makes sense, right? And this is one of those things that like, as a kid, I felt, I might've felt like ashamed to say, right? In terms of like, okay, you're doing this well because God said so. And nobody's having the conversation of like, okay, yeah, to Amina's point, what are the attributes of Allah? You know, what is it that, what is Allah's relationship with us, right? To the point where we look at that, you know, whether it's Salah, right? Because that was, that was a hard one for me as a kid. I'm, I'm going to keep it a sec. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Salah, or even trying to take the time to memorize Quran when it's like, wait, I have homework to do. Um, being able to understand the importance of those things so that we intrinsically want to do them versus, you know, um, just either like your parents or just somebody else that's like an adult yelling at you to go do it. And now I want to rebel because I just don't like how you're talking to me mm. and you're just telling me what to do. You can't even tell me why, um, you know, um, big fact. So I think, Absolutely. I think, you know, getting to that question of why and understanding the, the, the nature of your relationship with God, um, the consequence of the relationship, uh, and then being able to decide this is something that I want for myself is, is mad. Because I got to college and I really, really, I think, you know, gained a better understanding of how non-black Muslims a lot of the time, I, like a lot of what got me through that was the fact that like, you know, I knew I was making a choice for myself again. And it all goes back to the unseen. It goes back to, I know there's a world beyond this one. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that, right. It's God that has power over all things. It's God that has knowledge of all things. And I'm like, as upset as I might be, like with the people around me, like however I might feel about them, that a totally different conversation from, you know, the relationship that I have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think being satisfied with the people around me forced me to really focus on my relationship with Allah and focus on my understanding of like, you know, the fact that there's more than what I can see and perceive around me. And even what I perceive around me might not even really be accurate. You know, like we misunderstand things all the time. Like we misread signals all the time. Um, so I know that was a lot, but I think the unseen is, is always present 2020, 2019, 2018. And I think it, it's always going to have an impact on how we choose to live our lives. If we really understand like the implications of it. Mm. Certainly. You know, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, I was just gonna say, he touched, he touched based on a lot of things. And I think the one that stood out to me the most was um, uh, the uh, Prophet Sallallahu said, um, I think it was um, uh, your faith will wear out like a, like a shirt becomes worn out. You know, so ask Allah to always renew your faith mm. because it, like you're always going to elevate and our iman is not always going to be high. And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about Islam. Like, even when we're put in these certain situations where we're like, yo, like, we're all Muslim. Why would, why would you feel this way? Or why would you have a different ideology? You remembering Allah in that situation makes you kind of humble. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Allah has all these attributes. And I'm a the type of way about what somebody just said when I know he's the all-knowing. the all -knowing. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of humbling in a way as well. So I kind of like how you, you really said that because 
at the end of the day, in order for faith to be true, I think you just should never give up your salah. And to go back to, to the question, I think that's how I, um, you know, represent a Muslim on the move too, because it's just like, you have to figure out how to maneuver um, life and to make prayer surround your life and everything mm. else comes second. Like the, the the day I realized that I have to pray outside, it was very scary. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, I'm going to leave class and go pray and come back. What if I miss all the information? Girl, you was never supposed to hear it. That's, like, <laughs> That's real. That is the real. It, it really, it really is. And it's crazy because I once I started doing that, literally, I passed all my classes. I didn't really, you asked all my friends, I didn't really need to put in too much work. Granted, my major was pretty, you know, English. But, you know, when, when I started to put a lot first and maneuver everything else around it, everything got so much easier. So I feel like when we start doing that and really become a Muslim okay. on the move, like, that's when things get easier. That's when faith, you know, elevates. And that's when our tests become a little more humbling towards us. But yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking about like, you know, how how do we manage the, the unseen, that question? And I, I honestly think that the older I get, the easier it is to manage the unseen because the unseen becomes seen. Right. There's so many testimonies Ooh, that that's that comes to reality. Right. Right. We, mm-hmm. Islam gives us a prescription on how we should eat. Right. Look, look at look at veganism and all of the different ways in which people have integrated foods now. Right. We've been on that. It talk about how we should meditate. All these different things. It talks about the solar system. We get humbled when we, we get humbled when we're we're in the face yes. of a pandemic and all we have is mm. our faith, right? We we have all these things that come about. If you are twenty years of older, you probably re- you probably had a high in your life at that point, and you probably had a low and realized that you had no control over it, right? Mm. So a lot of these things start to happen where. The things that seem they were seem unseen because we only read about them, heard about them in lectures, when they start to become reality in your life, to me, it makes it a lot easier for me to say, wow, I understand the importance of Salah, right? Because I've seen what happens with consistent prayer. I've seen what happens with consistent mm-hmm. lack of prayer, right? Mm. Um, so, you know, to me, it just, it becomes easier. And, and again, I start to believe that these things aren't as unseen as, you know, as we might have perceived when we first, you know, would, would read these ayahs and, yeah, and so I forth. Yeah, I have to agree with all of y'all Big because, fact. like, I feel like sometimes it comes from testimony, as Nigerians always say, like, a testimony of something that's happened to you. There's, like, when I was younger, I agree, like, when they talk about, like, the unseen and all these, like, jinns and, like, even, not even just, like, the bad things that are unseen, the good things that Allah has for us that we just don't see it yet because it hasn't like happened to us yet like sometimes we don't realize that um when we're making the eye and we're praying for something we were praying for something like a couple weeks ago a couple years ago and we already have those things and we're not even thankful for them Mm. so like it is um i do think that especially for me personally this pandemic was like a big eye opener to like the unseen and how real it is because this pandemic really taught me that like we are all like so weak right Allah sent whatever the corona to us right because at the end of the day Allah did send it right and a lot of things happened and a lot of things we were able to overcome and some things we're not able to overcome but like the world the whole world basically came to a standstill and in a way it's still kind of in a standstill and it's just like 
humans are very, very weak. Like there's nothing we can do to just, you know, we don't have a cure to the disease. We don't have anything. And if we just sit around and do nothing, like our lives are going to like go to waste. So we actually have to kind of like move on and look past this. And in, the, in a way, we don't even have a solution to it. But as the Hadith of the Prophet, like that the Prophet said that Allah does not send a disease without so. sending a cure for it. So it's just sometimes it is um, made known to man and sometimes it's not made known to man. So like Corona, will, there ever be, will the vaccine ever work? Like only Allah knows and that's part of mm. the unseen. But at the end of the day, we know Allah knows everything. Allah knows our situation. But like Allah, you just have to turn back to him because we're weak and Allah is the only one that can, you know, protect us. You know, what's really interesting really... about that though. Like the one, especially like, you know, when we start talking about, you know, things like COVID um, and especially people's response to it. Um, you know, you have people like yourself, you know, that are able, you know, and content to, to sort of right, recognize, you know, the power of Allah, you know, something that's as small as a virus. Like you can't see a virus with your, with your naked eye, right? Like can shut the world down. Time you have governments, companies, mm. um, everybody really trying to like fight against that with as much money, uh, manpower, um, whatever as they can, you know, like with almost this determination that like, no, nah, this is something that we can and we will get over, um, you know. And so I, I wonder if, you know, like part of it is being able to also just recognize God working and being open to that, right? Like whether it be on like a grand mm. scale or just like in your own life, because like I definitely know, I can think of a few situations um, where I've made Mandua and like either like you know like after a certain amount of time or maybe indirectly I realized oh what I was praying for was answered or just that like I would have had no reasonable way of controlling um and just being able to come out of that like intact right mm -hmm. to a point where I felt you know confident like that's not me working that's God working yeah. um and I wonder if that's easier for for people to accept um, but I think at the end of the day, you just have to be, you've got to be open to that in your life. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I find it hard to, I find it hard to resonate with an individual that takes full credit for these, you know, for these events in their lives, just because, all right, like I've been through too many humbling mm -hmm. experiences in my life where, <laughs> where like I had no choice, but you know, to look up, right. Like right. if you've ever been out of a job, right. Before. Mm -hmm you start to realize that all the talents and all the things that you think that are, are strong about you don't mean anything at this point, right? So, you know, it's just so many, if you've ever played a sport, right, and you had a bad game, right, all the training that you did doesn't mean anything, right? You realize that you're essentially very powerless, you know, in this world. Very. And that's, and to me, you know, that's, that's where Takwa comes in, right? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's where my fear is, is that, you know, when I don't have power, and I don't have I don't have favor, then yeah. what do you have, right? Um, so that's that that's a, a really tough part. But I uh, I also want to kind of transition to, you know, we brought up a lot of things that that can seem difficult. And you know, when I speak to my peers, oftentimes or it's even like my non-Muslim peers, right? You know, they go, ah, oh, man, that Islam thing, man. I like what you guys are doing over there. It seems real peaceful, man. But who guys yes. are strict, man? It looks too tough. I don't think I can do it, right? Um, so 
yeah, I want hopefully hopefully we could speak towards how do we manage some of the things that either appear difficult or are difficult um, in today's time, and you know, like how do you stay faithful through what is perceived to be difficult? I always say, if you can diet, you can pray, pray five times a day. Like mm. you can be a Muslim. Do you know how hard, how hard dieting is? Like I feel like, especially with all the like, oh, people who go vegan, you stay away from chicken. Like, we stay away from pork. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like. I think I think it's hard to change and to have change in your life and to be amongst people who you feel are so strict because, you know, you just feel free. And a lot of people always say, like, oh, um, Muslims are restricted or this and that. But I feel like I'm very free in, in doing things within the realm of Islam. I feel like that's just the freedom we accept. And I think... I always go back to saying like we're all sinners and I think that's the hardest pill to swallow. You know, all you want to do is please your maker. You want to be able to do the right thing all the time, but that's just, it's impossible. Allah made us how we are. And that's why he also gave repentance. It's a gift from the almighty. Mm. Like he bestowed that on us and we forget sometimes we need to take advantage of it. This life is all about repentance every single day. So I just feel like strictness, how? Allah is too merciful. He really is. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, that's, for that's me personally, because I have, I've had like non-Muslim friends who like said that to me and who, because I even had a roommate who like, we were three Muslims and one of them was a Muslim and like, we'd always like, I don't know, it'd be like, oh, like, oh yeah, we can't do that. Oh, like, she's like, damn, y'all's religion is like so strict. Y'all don't even have any freedom and everything like that. And I always thought like, it's, I feel like it's easier for someone who's coming from the outside looking in to say that but it comes for me personally what i think is it comes with conviction like even when you look into like mm. the sira and you think you study like the prophet's life and all of that like you understand that in for them these things were hard for them like to stop drinking people like even omar bin khattab like to stop drinking to stop doing um the bad thing that they used to do was hard but when Islam like entered their heart and they were 100% convinced, then letting go of those things weren't hard anymore. So I think it's more of like Absolutely. how convinced you are. If you're convinced that something is right, then you're going to try your best to please your creator and try your best not to disobey him. Not saying we're not going to fall into error like Amina said. Like right. We are all going to fall into error and we're all going to repent. But you trying is what Allah wants. And at the end of the day, Allah said like if we were to be if there were people who were perfect on this earth, then he would remove us and replace with people who will make mistakes and who will repent to him, right? So we're Muslim. I mean, we're human, so we're going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. But I think having that conviction and Allah will, like, kind of, you know, caution you or, like, make you repent, you know? Absolutely. You know, I really relate difficulties to ignorance and knowledge. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, the things that that come difficult to me in Islam are the things that I know the least about. Um, the more education I understand and the benefits, uh, it makes sense, right? So, for example, mm. uh, I don't. I think freedom is not. I mean, I think freedom is being healthy, not having heart disease, not having liver problems, right? So, one might say freedom is drinking, but I I think that that takes away a lot of your liberties, right? Um, but it's an understanding of why Islam decrees these things that helps me stay focused on them, right? Like the same can be said about if you look at currency, right? If, if someone doesn't have a concept of American currency, 
they wouldn't get up to go to work and, and earn a dollar because they don't see value. But when you know the value of the dollar, you see why, you know, we, we spend so much of our lives, you know, trying to earn income. And I think that it's, the same can be said about Islam. When you understand the value of uh, repentance, you understand the, the value in Salat in itself. These are things that you will run to. Um, as I as I got older or when I was younger, I would look at Ramadan as, oh, man, sh- 10 more days before Ramadan. Man. We're going to have to fast <laughs> right. for 30 days. Right. And the, o- the, the older I've gotten, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for Ramadan. I need it. I need it. My life is in shambles right now. I need to get it together. All right. So it's just a change of what the benefit is. Why? Why am I doing this? What, how much mm. knowledge do I have about it? Um, and it makes it really it, you start to realize that not only is it not difficult, mm-hmm. it's easier. It's better for you. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I wonder if there's no, that, that's facts. I wonder if there are, if there are almost two parts of it. Right. Because like at first, like when you when you mentioned you know, whoever old. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. That looks hard. Right. I think the first thing I think is well we're just not conditioned like we take say like i don't know like a boxer right like people that box like professional mad early running like you know obscene amounts of miles um and you know like training really intensely we might look at that on the outside and be like yo my god that's crazy i don't know how you do that you know that's that's ridiculous and Mm -hmm. you know they might just be like you know it's normal because they've been doing it for so long uh and i I think there's, you know, there's the knowledge element, you know, like you mentioned Abdurrahman, but like, I think at the same time, I think part of it is almost just like, like a conditioning, right? Like, I think even for those of us that, that knew about Salah, like, right, because like Salah is one of those things that's like, you know, consistent, consistent. Starting out trying to, you know, pray mm-hmm. on time was maybe not the easiest thing. Or for those of us that, you know, committed really to reciting Quran and Quran, to do that in a daily way consistently uh, where you built on it might not have not have been able to start with, you know, you, it's, it's almost like lifting weights, you know, like some people start with the bar. You don't come in, you know, pushing like 225 your first day. Yeah, <laughs> Taking 50. Right? <laughs> you, right. you, gotta, you gotta start, mm-hmm. you gotta start small and sort of, that's what Mina's point too. Like we make mistakes. We, we, we aren't meant to be perfect. Um, I think what we're meant to do is, you know, use for one, you know, use our brains to understand um, and then do our best to condition ourselves to get to a place where, you know, we develop a love for the things that are, you know, best for us. You know, whether that's you know, how we, we sleep and we wake up, you know, to be in accordance with Fudger and now we've got a more productive day, you know, like, like whatever it is, it's like, like we're working to that. I agree with that. And I agree with um, you saying we can't, I agree that we can't actually know ev- the meaning of everything. You know, there's a lot of things that we do in our religion that we actually just do them because we're told to. And we do them because we just have faith, mm-hmm. right? We don't understand the reason why, oh, we have to wash our hands three times and do all these, like, why three? Why not five? Well, like, you know, like the little, little things that some people will um, reject the dean because of like things that oh i can't really wrap my head around this oh like i do not understand why we have to do this in this specific way when in the end of the way when in the end of the day it doesn't matter you're doing it because allah told us to do it but it does help and i i agree with um Mm -hmm. abdul that it does help um 
to have like some sort of like like I don't know something to convince yourself to like okay this is why we're doing this because it's gonna you know help me and Allah in the Quran like Allah does explain the reasons why we do some things right Allah says like oh um, you need to do this so you can become better at this or oh stay away from alcohol and blah blah because they're bad for you right Allah tells us the reason sometimes and then sometimes Allah will not tell us the reason and we just got to do it because we believe in Allah and we know Allah only wants what's best for us and Allah will never like you know tell us to do something that will be bad for us so I think it's a balance of both right but I... yeah certainly sure. no. okay are you okay I wanted to say, and you know what's crazy? I always say that, um, you know, true freedom, I don't know if it really ex- exists because to say no to something so quickly, especially Islam, I feel like it's like being a slave to your past experiences, saying this would be too hard because I know how good this is. So are you not, like, like you're a slave to it. You can't, you can't give it up just to see a, a different, you know, uh, a way to do something, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And it, it just goes back to, like, our actions, they, like, I just can't get over how merciful Allah is. It's, it really goes back to repenting and really drawing that connection. Because if you don't have that connection, if you don't have that trust that doing this will lead to something better, then it, it, it really doesn't, it can't work. And, and then also, it's like having the experience. I think that we've been in Islam long enough to know that we, you know, we've talked to God about something and then boom, it happened. Mm-hmm. You're like, Wait, you heard me? Mm-hmm. This works. <laughs> Hold on. Let me keep, you know, let me keep trying. And some people just don't have that. Some people don't know how to have that little therapy session with God. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just different for everybody. So I get that it could be hard, but I think that to not try or to, to brush it off would be a, it, to be a slave yeah. to your own um, past experiences. In my and opinion. I think, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love what you're saying in terms of, like being a slave to something else because i don't think about mm-hmm. like the other things that we are like sort of choosing to to submit to um you know like for those of us that have careers and like education all these things that we're worried about like i could spend 80 hours a week working and i would be a slave to my work mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and we say it's like okay because we're getting money or whatever you know we're chasing a bag we got we got to provide we have all of these reasons to be slaves to those things or, you know, even for like the younger kids, you know, that, you know, may or may not be listening. Uh, it might be like, yo, what are they talking about? Like, you know, I don't, I don't even I don't hear any of that. It's like, you're slaves to what your friends think. You're slaves to, you know, this idea of cool, whatever. Like, it's not like whatever it is that you're doing is necessarily just coming. Um, like, that's rare, I think, in a lot of cases, right? Mm. Everybody's generally following something or other, but point i mean like the one thing that differentiates you know at least you know if you believe that you know you are following that which god you know sent you to follow is that god is above all of those other things you know like you can be a slave to your work and still get fired you know you can still be a mm-hmm. uh, slave to you know your homies and they can you know do you wrong uh yeah. but like god is free of those faults mm-hmm. god is free of protection like i mean uh, fr- god is god is for god is free of imperfection i apologize mm-hmm. um and so it's like, you might as well place your chips, you know, with the one entity, <laughs> you know, in the heavens and the earth that can really, really hold you down in a way that nobody else can, since Seriously. you're going to place your right. chips somewhere. Yes. Man, you, 
you bring a you bring up a point that that you know that hit home to me, right? Is I, I totally agree. We do become slaves to things a lot of times, material things in in this world. And I I think the balance of it, or you know how how you gain freedom of it, is to put faith into those things. So, for example, if you are pursuing if you're pursuing funds, right? There's a way, there's a halal way of doing that, right? There's a prescription for that. So if we put, if we put faith in the way in which we pursue our careers and the way in which we pursue our relationships, essentially that is, you know, that's the way I see the free or being able to achieve some type of freedom in there. And as a, as a little quick testimony, I spent a lot of years in, in leadership roles in my career and I, I've read, I cannot count how many books I've read as to what's the most effective way to lead individuals. And it, it, it never hit to me or I never really found the success I was looking for until I went back to the Quran and looked at mm. how do you lead people? How did, how did the prophet, you know, lead individuals? Uh, I've read a, a book called Lead for God's Sake around the same time that kind of brought that all together. And the concept was simply that Allah is too large of to prioritize him one family second, you know, work third. He has to be in all of the different places in your life. If you want those things to have fruit, or if you want those, if you want to be free in those type of pursuits. So Kabir, I mean, you brought that up and, you know, that hit home immediately to me because uh, I mean, essentially we do become slaves to these things. If we spend all of our time, our efforts to these things, I mean, that is now our, are almost deity unless we have some type of balance. And I think that's what mm-hmm. Islam provides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we touched on a couple couple hot things here, right? Wanted to just do a, a, a quick recap here and, you know, maybe have some, some last remarks here. But we really just started by discussing what makes us Muslim. Why, why do we choose to have this as our first topic? Um, and from there, you know, we just wanted to share some personal experiences in our lives that kind of tie tie back to, you know, why we've chosen Islam. We, we spent some time going into what are some of those difficulties and how do we apply some of those difficulties in our lives. And I think some of the things that I've taken away is that, you know, what Islam has brought for all of us is a sense of hope, right? It's a sense of understanding the things that we don't understand and having some regiment to our lives that that is not only beneficial to us but will benefit will benefit you know us in in the hereafter and that's something that that kind of separates us from you know someone who wouldn't have religion or might be of a, a different faith also so with that being said here any any last final remarks i think we've i mean this this was a super th- big topic we've given our listeners a a lot to digest here. Just wanted to see if we had any last final remarks before you know, we sign off for the evening. Yeah, I think this was really good. And I feel like it's a, it's a good first topic because even, you know, even when people ask what makes you successful in this life or what makes all these celebrities so, success, so successful and the things you're a slave to, like even social media. And it's just like, there's really no real answer because it, if it doesn't lead you back to Allah, if it doesn't lead you back to the foundation, uh-huh. then it's like, what are you really living for? You're just waking up every day. You know what I'm saying? And it also uh, reminds me, like, I think it's the first five ayahs of Surah Al-Baqarah. 
and Allah describes a, like a specific person, his actions and how it directly relates to success in this life and the hereafter. And it's like what we think will make us successful in this life is it doesn't really translate to our afterlife. Mm. You know, it ain't no YOLO. Mm. We live after <laughs> this, you know, and Absolutely. Allah makes it very clear his definition of success. And, you know, when we talk about the five pillars and all these different things, it's like it's not hard because it is truly what we believe that is best for us. You know, so that 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 rounds it up for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. I think, I mean, all I can say, I, I like what you said about the, the first five or so of Bukhara, right? Like, what's being mentioned, it's prayer, it's believing in the hereafter, believing in the, you know, having certainty mm-hmm. in that, you know, believing in the unseen. Uh, and so I think, you know, just regardless of how old you are, you know, how much of life you, you see, it's, you know, we never lose out from, from tapping in, you know, to, to the one that created us, to the higher power, Facts. to the one that, that really determines, like, you just... You see things different. You think about things different. Uh, I know for me, like, it's been essential to just being able to maintain a certain level of just stability um, and just consistency, you know, whether things are good, whether things are bad. Um, and, you know, there's really just rich things in, in a lot of different ways. You know, you're going to give your time and attention to something. Uh, and I think what's important is that, like, in giving that time and attention to God, it's never ever taking away from the other things in your life that have that adds to that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just like we nobody really tells you this in Sunday school, but just like <laughs> you know that relationship with God and thinking about everything else that we don't think about in our lives is just like for me, it's been pivotal to how I've approached my day and how I've approached my life. Man. Mm. You talked about Sunday school, and although we might not have gotten that spelled out for us, you know, God, may Allah bless and enrich our teachers because what they did for us, though, is plant that seed. So when we when we walked through that or when we saw those testimonies in life, we were able to connect it to those concepts that we learned at such a young age. So although it might not have exactly clicked to us from Sunday school, being able to go back to some of those words um, you know, really kind of brings it home. And now you can see, okay, now something that we talked about that seems so unseen is now tangible to me, you know, and it's something I can Ameen. live by. So alhamdulillah, and may Allah reward that. I mean, I mean, I mean. Nah, facts, because the Quran is truly the GPS. And it's, 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 I couldn't find myself anywhere else. So real, real talk, real talk. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've had a beautiful night, guys. You know, <laughs> let's not wrap you up too much. But, you know, may Allah continue to, to bless Amen. us, bless this platform. Amen. May he enrich all of us, forgive us for our shortcomings. Mm-hmm. The things that we discussed today that were a benefit, uh, may Allah continue to reward us. The things that, that we discussed today that were inaccurate, Amen. may Allah forgive us for those things. Amen. Give us a beautiful... And then we have a beautiful night. And you know, I wish all of you guys <laughs> wish all of you guys the, the best of the mm-hmm. evening. And that is that is Muslims on the move signing off. <laughs> Here you.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Muslims on the Move, an audio experience. Brought to you by Muslims on the Move, a program of APC. Let us know what you think about this episode. Share this episode with a friend so they can also benefit. Follow us on Instagram at Advanced Platform and subscribe to our mailing list by visiting APC's website at apc.ncnmo.org. Thanks for listening. Assalamu alaikum.